it really forced you to have to like I'd wake up in the morning wherever I was and be like okay today we're in Fiji I need to get breakfast what do you want for breakfast well where are we going to go to get that breakfast and just learning those micro steps of confidence of like hey look you got breakfast for yourself and you didn't know where you were like good job on you gold star it really helped to build my confidence that I could make decisions for my life that would allow me to not only be safe but to thrive and I think it's really important and that was that became my mo for a majority of my 20s was when I was feeling unstable when I was feeling like the drama of the situation around me if I come back to the states and I was working some you know low paying job doing god knows what in retail that I could always just go away and remove myself from that situation and find a way to make the uncomfortable comfortable as a way to find that self growth. And that that kind of became my my default because I didn't know another way of doing that that would keep me in one place. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world. And the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity. And it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babe. All right. I'm stoked. This you get ready to write this whole thing down. My perfectionist and overachievers, this woman is here for you. She gets you. She understands you. Yes, that's me, but it's also our guest, Hillary Billings. She has just really made an incredible career for herself. And um, I think it's easy to see people doing stuff and go, oh, must be nice. We've talked about this before with Tanya Dalton. Must be nice. It's so easy for them. Like, yeah, they could do it, but I can't. And honestly, like, what I love about Hillary's story, and we could have gone 17 different ways with this episode, so I'll have to have her back, but you are going to hear that she kind of, she started out like a lot of us. Most of us started out in a position where we didn't have money. We didn't have people around us as models for what to do. And also like there was a lot of things out of our control that kept us from being what we wanted to be in this world where we thought we wanted to be in this world. And so what I hope you get out of this episode is that life is such a journey and we're supposed to do it together. And so thank you for being a listener of this show because, um, I mean, I couldn't do this show without you. <laughs> I really couldn't. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being you. And here is Hillary Billings. All right. Be it babes. I am really thrilled. Um, because honestly, we should be doing this podcast in person. We actually <laughs> live close enough. We probably could have done that. Um, uh, but I'm really excited because, um, you know, the world is a funny place. And I was introduced to this woman a couple of times and a couple of times we had texted back, like, let's get together. <laughs> and like true women who work for themselves, uh, life gets really busy and things get in the way. But this is really funny how we came upon this. She reached out about wanting some help. And someone's like, Leslie, you should, you would be perfect for her. And then we hit it off on a zoom call and we realized we were literally down the street from each other at the moment we're talking. And so Hillary Billings is my guest today. She is a neighbor, <laughs> even if there's a freeway in between. And she's an incredible woman who has a wonderful journey that I can't wait for you to hear about because y'all, we, I think it's really easy for us to think about life happening to us. And really it can be the thing that's happening for you. And Hillary's going to tell you that. So Hillary, will you tell everyone who you are and what you're rocking at? 
Oh my gosh, Leslie, we should have done this in person. What were we thinking? I don't this know. Is amazing. <laughs> I, I literally, as I was saying, I was like, oh, she could have just been to kind of come over. <laughs> Walked over, just had coffee and sat down. Oh yes. My God, that's yes. I would have made you a latte. I have a machine now. <laughs> this, we'll, we'll have to redo this whole thing all over again. We'll, we'll just yes. come back. We'll do more. Well, yes. There'll be more. I, I agree. I, you know what I think is so beautiful about this is that it is such a testament to me that the universe will not let you miss the thing that's meant for you. Because we have spent so much time going back and forth, I think over the past two years and being introduced in multiple different ways through different people. And I think that there's something so special about that, that even though it wasn't, it was misaligned in the time or I was here and you were there, or whatever was happening that we couldn't make it work, that the universe will always ensure that the people that you need to meet come back into your life. And that gives me so much peace now. Um, as someone that has struggled with anxiety and perfectionism and needing to continue to roll the ball up the hill all the time, uh, that the universe is conspiring in your favor. So I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I, you, as you say that I, um, it brings up all these different times when like the universe, like would not let me not know this person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We've all been there. Right. It's so, it's such a beautiful thing. So, um, I'm, I'm Hillary Billings. I'm based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And I also am a recovering perfectionist and uh, I, I have such a very eclectic background. I like to call myself the cat with nine lives. I started off in psychology, uh, went into journalism. I accidentally became a travel blogger, uh, accidentally became Miss Nevada due to a, a firework accident and, and suffering second and third degree burns. Uh, and then all this, again, this continual evolution of um, the universe lovingly taking me off my path and abruptly putting me into a new scenario that I had to figure out how to work. And so now I am a, a content creator, a viral video content creator for social media and run a creative agency where we help personal brands and entrepreneurs and companies and their agency partners, you know, make content that people care about that their audiences want to see. So we help drive revenue and reputation that way. Uh, but lifetime learner, and uh, certainly, I, I like to consider myself a professional adventurer in a lot of capacities, having uh, done everything from lion taming to beauty pageants to red carpet hosting and, and beyond. Okay, so I I think we need to tell people, like, when you say, like, you have animals, like, you have a farm animal situation happening as well, right? Like, so, I so do, you're a I beauty do, pageant I, and you have, a, a like, land with animals. <laughs> So I do have a horse that I keep her at a barn uh, in, in Mountain's Edge in Las Vegas. And then we do have a 125 pound Great Pyrenees. So yes, we're I'm I'm slowly accruing the animals. I don't have all the land yet, but we're going to manifest that at some point. It's coming, I'm sure. Yes. But I, I have always been able to be around uh, lots of land, lots of animals, which has been fantastic and, uh, and had a lot of opportunity to work with different even big cats like African lions and tigers uh, throughout the years. So, yeah. so, so what, I guess like there's so many places we can go because I'm sure people are like the firework yeah. thing, what's Where going do on you there. Start? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like, I want to start with like, when did you recognize that your perfectionism was getting in the way? Cause like, oh. I can see how like on so many of those things, like being the psychologist, being the journalist, like some of that, like the perfectionism may even felt like it was a superpower, but like yeah. I, I obviously it led you to something else. Like, can you think of a time where you're like, this is actually keeping me from having the life I want to live? So the the first moment that I recognized that my perfectionism may not be serving me was when I received 14 rejection letters for graduate school. So I was the number one graduate of UNLV. They gave me an award called the Outstanding Graduate. 
for being the best student out of all the students. And I was so proud of that. And that was based upon not only academics, where I had a 3.9 GPA, I had one A minus my entire college career. It was in world history, ironically. Um, <laughs> I like to blame it on the teacher, personally, still many, many moons later. Um, but, it, you know, it's based upon your academics, your research, your community involvement. I was taking 21 credits a semester, which is a, a full course load, plus running multiple research labs, plus working part-time jobs. Um, and I was on a full academic ride scholarship. I, I couldn't, my parents couldn't afford for me to go to college. And I was very heavily involved with the finances of paying for our house and our mortgage when I was growing up. So I knew that if I wanted to go to college, I had to make it happen. Um, so I applied for so many scholarships that by the time I graduated, UNLV was actually paying me to go to school. Um, <laughs> and and I was terrified they were going to ask for their money back because I'm like, I don't have enough expenses for all of this and books and what have you. Um, but and and I made the sacrifice to stay in Las Vegas to go to school. It wasn't the dream that I wanted. I always wanted to get out and go to someplace exotic and, and wanted to attend an Ivy League. Um, but, you know, again, the realistic perfectionist in me is like, let's graduate debt free and then figure it out. So when I was applying to graduate schools, like if there was a top draft pick for graduate school programs, I was very confident that I was it. I was doing everything that I had been told since I was a freshman that if you do these things, you will get into a great program. And it just so happened, you know, as the world will, will come upon you. Um, there was a lot that was outside of my control for this. Uh, I graduated right after the, the 2008. So I graduated in 2010. Uh, so we're still dealing with the 2008 crisis and recession and that crash. Uh, PhD programs will not take students unless they can fully fund them, at least on the clinical psychology side. And so mm -hmm. I was up against the same, you know, 700 applicants from across the country. And I would see the same 70 people at all of the interviews that I was going and paying to participate in. And through that process, I would get phone calls from the, the professors being like, we loved you. You are our number two or number three pick. We only have enough money to fund student number one. Or it was, you were great, but the students that we've chosen are actually already practicing physicians that have their masters that are coming back to get their PhDs now because of the way the market has turned. And they're a better deal than having mm. pay for somebody on a full PhD ride. There was even one letter that I got that was not addressed to me. And uh, someone <laughs> someone had crossed out the name and then misspelled my name over that uh, for the rejection letter. So like, you want to talk about feeling like I wasn't even worthy of a reprint of a piece of paper to get my rejection. It was, it was pretty oh horrific. Oh my God. But that was the first moment of like, you know, I've done everything according to what I was told to do. And now I'm in a place where the, the future that I was promised isn't available to me, at least not in the timeline that I wanted it. So now what? And what, what would this look like? So I did what any rational 20-something would do. I bought a plane ticket to Nicaragua. I started a travel blog and uh, <laughs> went to a surf retreat with a bunch of other really powerful females to figure out my life. And you know, I freak, I love when a perfectionist like like what is it like goes off the deep end. They're like, I'm going yeah. to Nicaragua. They go to Costa Rica. They go somewhere. <laughs> go on this journey. Everything I thought I knew was wrong. So let's just go the other way and just swing the pendulum completely yeah. in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, that was certainly that moment that um, was the first time that I started to to consider what did I want my life to look like versus what should it look like, um, which. I think for our generation, 
I, I think now, especially for younger generations, it's a lot easier. We're, we're more empowering about build the lifestyle that you want to have and then find the career that fits within that. And I don't feel like 10 years ago, that was an option. No, no. Hello. I'm an elder millennial. And I can tell you, like <laughs> I did it all right too. And I was like, and then I was, you know, going to college with nine 11 and then I graduated right before. <laughs> Yeah. So I, 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 um, the perfectionist rebellion is definitely something I think millennials and Gen Xers are like very clear. Cause like I did what you said yes. and it bit me in the behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, especially, I mean, I feel like every teen movie, every show is always about like, go to college. Every adult that we talk to is like, you must go to college. You must do it this way. And then you'll make a lot of money and be happy. And it's like, okay, great. I will, I'll do this path, just like you said. And it was very interesting to see as I started blogging about this like journey of finding myself and, and feeling at the time, like I was just really journaling uh, the downfall of, of my life. And like, this is the unraveling of a Hillary. So here you go. And away from my friends and family to keep in touch with me while I was traveling. And then to get the response back from people all over the world who were dealing with a very similar mindset. And so I ended up building a readership in over 100 countries, didn't know what to do with it at the time, didn't know how to monetize it. Uh, but it was very powerful for that to be a, a connection point where people wanted to have that conversation and, and to recognize that we were all dealing with it in our own little spheres and our, our microcosms and could finally have a way to connect about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, I think like, I think what's really cool is you just kind of like, I'm just going to try something and I'm not going to have the plan to follow, which is a little, it's just like very hard for a, terrifying, <laughs> it's terrifying perfectionist. But like, you're correct. Like, I don't think people understand that time is very specific. Y'all, there were lawyers who were getting out of college who could not get a, an um, internship, like mm -hmm. an unpaid internship because four and five-year attorneys were like, I'll take that job because I just, I, and so they're getting these like experienced attorneys for cheaper than a college graduate. So it was just a really hard time. And so I think when those things happen for you, clearly it puts you, it took you out of like, I'm just going to follow the next step and the next step. And it made you go from a paint by number life to, to something that you were actually painting from scratch. Oh, and yeah. so I think that's just really, really cool. Um, from so as you, as you got into this travel blogging thing, and then you went on to this next thing, what, what was your North star? Was it like, what feels good? <laughs> like, what, what was like, how are you picking what to do next? Were you journaling about it? Were you talking to people? Did you have a coach or a therapist? What was going on? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of allowing the universe to, to show me while me trying to hold on to some semblance of control, which was not working out very well for me, if I'm being honest, like, you know, the, the travel blogging aspect can seem so fantastical and, and what a, a movie like experience. And there were so many of those moments, a majority of the time I was terrified. A lot of the time I was crying. There was, there was a lot of having to work through uh, these emotional blocks. I think the biggest thing that I learned through that process that I hadn't previously really embraced was that I am fully capable of making my own decisions, even just, and, and that's the beautiful thing about travel, right? Especially when you go to places where you don't speak the language, you don't know where you're going. This was a time, this was pre-international phone plan. So like could not Google, did not have Google on my phone uh, where I was going. And uh, and I, I was very much alone. Like I, I, in order for me to feel connection I was just journaling things I wanted to tell people later because I didn't want to spend the money to try to text them. It was still like a dollar a text message or something back then, which is wild to say. <laughs> 
So there, uh, there, it's okay. Everyone listening to this knows. And if we have anyone who's like, what? Like <laughs> they, it's, it's like three people and hello. It's yeah, so nice welcome. to meet you. So it was really hard back then. <laughs> you guys don't know the yeah. night weekend minutes. And that was a whole thing. You had to wait to call people till after nine o'clock. Oh, I had, I was in Brazil alone and I could only use my phone and computer at the hotel like you couldn't even mm-hmm. restaurants did not have wi-fi nope. for me to use so i would like map it out yep. i would like know all of the things i was going to do for the whole day and then no one would know where i was or who yeah. i was with until i got back to the hotel rooms so. yeah yeah and you're just hoping to make it back and then yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty much it i mean i believed that i was going to yeah, be okay but like you know it's kind of funny looking back it's like wow like now when i'm in cambodia I've gone to so many places in the, my village that my Wi-Fi just pings on as I'm in a tuk-tuk. Like I'm like, oh, oh, I have it Wi-Fi. I can like check in with this person. <laughs> oh, the privilege that we have now that we didn't have back then. I know. I, but you know, I think there was something really special about that time because it, it really forced you to have to like I'd wake up in the morning wherever I was and be like, okay, today we're in Fiji. I need to get breakfast. What do you want for breakfast? Well, where are we going to go to get that breakfast? And just learning the, those micro steps of confidence of like, hey, look, you got breakfast for yourself and you didn't know where you were. Like, good job on you, gold star. It really helped to build my confidence that I could make decisions for my life that would allow me to not only be safe, but to thrive. And I think it's really important. And that was that became my MO for a majority of my 20s was when I was feeling unstable, when I was feeling like the drama of the situation around me, or if I come back to the States and I was working some you know, low paying job doing God knows what in retail that I could always just go away and remove myself from that situation and find a way to make the uncomfortable comfortable as a way to find that self growth. And that, that kind of became my, my default because I didn't know another way of doing that, that would keep me in one place. You know, that, thank you for saying that. I think that is something so key that right now, every listener, everybody can actually be doing. I think because so much of what happens to us is outside of our control and we're yeah. not actually honoring or celebrating what we did that was inside of our control. We're just like so focused on like yes. what we weren't able to control and we should have been able to control that. And so I love that you're like, okay, I got, look, I didn't have breakfast. I didn't know I was not breakfast and I got breakfast and I'm having breakfast right now. And I think like to the perfectionist listening to this, you'd be like, of course you got breakfast. But it's like, no, no. That is actually worth celebrating. If you did not know the next three steps in your day and you somehow found a way to make them, you have to give yourself a pat on the back. Otherwise, yeah. you are going to have a lot more tears. Like you brought up tears. There's a lot of tears. Yeah, because you're trying to become someone new. You're trying to do something you didn't have a muscle for. It's just like going to the gym. You're going to soreness is going to happen when you're training in a muscle group you haven't trained before. It's the same thing for anything you're doing in life. So I love that you shared that because I hope people, I hope if you're listening to this, like, what can you just look, literally look back at your day and go, oh, I just did that. Like, I literally just did what she just said. Well, that's a huge thing. And a lot of people looking for confidence doesn't come from like you've been deemed. It comes from these little action steps. So I love that. Yeah, I think that we forget that on a very basic level, we are still animals. And so we're constantly dealing with what a natural evolution has you know, given us, which is the anxiety of finding safety and and being able to feel confident that we can take care of ourselves, especially when we're trying something new or we're in a situation that feels threatening for some reason. And that could be, it feels threatening because it's 
it's new and different or because there's something that's a piece of danger and our brain doesn't know the difference. Um, it's funny, you know, training, I'm, I'm a equestrian, I ride hunter jumper and my horse is very intelligent, but that also means she has a lot more anxiety than a lot of the horses because she is running the permutations as to what around her is potentially going to be a threat. And there is a particular corner of the arena that she has decided is the spooky, the spooky scary corner. And so we've been spending a lot of time with her up there, um, just giving her pats. Like when she walks through the corner and doesn't freak out or try to bolt away, she gets pats and she gets reinforcement or she gets a cookie. And it seems like if we were to do that to a person, it would seem stupid. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're learning to calm that animalistic side of your brain that says that there is something to be afraid of here. And the more that we can reinforce that we have ourselves in these moments, the more data points we're putting on the board that we can help ourselves for future situations when we're looking down the line. I mean, the more that I look at how I've been able to build my confidence brick by brick, it mostly has to do with being able to reference these previous moments of my life of being like, okay, well, this thing feels really scary right now, but I previously tamed lions. So I'm pretty sure I can get over this thing right now. Or this, this moment of my career seems very vulnerable and scary right now, but I previously was rejected from every program that I thought was my future and was able to build something that was really successful and exciting. So mm. clearly whatever comes next is going to be okay. Mm. That is okay. Everyone can rewind that. Um, Cause I, it just goes back to, and that's why being a perfectionist and overachiever can really hold us back. It can definitely be yeah. a superpower in a lot of ways, especially when you're younger or you're trying to overcome some things. But if you, but if you only live in that zone, you're not giving yourself credit for anything you did really. Cause if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't good enough. So you're not even like celebrating. <laughs> yeah. It's that. Yeah. But so-and-so helped me. It's like, yeah. Okay. So they helped you and you did it. Right. So I love, I love it's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't do anything alone. Like regardless no. of, even if you're going to the grocery store to buy your groceries, there was a farmer that had to make that food. And then it was put on a truck and a driver brought it to the store and someone had to put it on a shelf and then someone had to check you out. Like it, there is nothing that we do in this life that we do insularly against anyone else. So mm -hmm. we need to, I think we need to remove this concept or this, um, louding that that is, something that should be praised because yeah. it's not realistic and it doesn't exist. So we all need help. And, uh, it, and I think that that can be one of the bravest things that you do is to know when to ask for help and how to get it. Yeah. No one to ask. And then also maybe it's like, I mean, there's a, there's a reason why there's five minute journals or it's gratitude journals. There's like, mm -hmm. there's people saying you should like write three things down your product. Just taking a moment. I remember when I was going through, um, my tiny habits training with BJ Fogg, you know, his sister, um, said at the end of the day, write down a story that happened that day, because you're going to use it to help people create habits because story is what helps people understand these things. And you've told some great stories, yeah. to help us understand how you got to where you are. But this is so important. Y'all, if you don't recognize the things that you did do, you actually cannot in the moments of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? You're not going to be able to have anything to fall back on to go, oh, I've done this before. Actually, like, like I remember I was walking down this, it's not even an alley, it's a street, but like, I think people in America would call it an alley. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was like 830 at night, but you know, I'm in Cambodia. So it's, you know, dark pitch black and I'm walking and I had just walked that street in the daylight, but for whatever reason, it's dark. I'm by myself and I'm starting to like have fear. And you're right. You said it like the brain doesn't know a new experience from like a dangerous experience. And I 
started to like pick up my pace. And then I heard like a, and a, a crack and I almost started to run, but I'm in sandals. So that's not going to happen. And I was just like, we actually walked up this without any issues two hours ago. And I bet if we just walked calmly, we would get to the other side of the street and there nothing. And it was like, nothing was happening. <laughs> I was in zero danger, but our brain can tell us a story. And if we don't have yeah. something to reference back to like help us stay present, then we're going to miss out on all the potential opportunities that there are. And then to go back to, I just want to highlight, cause it makes me think of when I was a kid, you would brought up like, we, we do everything is with somebody is also self. Like it just is. So do you remember the movie, my cousin, Benny? Um, I don't know if any, okay. So my mom loved this movie, loved it. Hi mom. She's, I'm sure she's watching this on YouTube. So <laughs> she loved this movie and she, and at the end of this movie, Joe Pesci is like, I think that's who it was. He's like, I just wanted to win my first case by myself. And she's like, oh my gosh, what if you win all of your cases all of the time? But at the end you have to look at someone and go, thank you. And then she goes, what a fucking nightmare. Oh my God. That's so terrible. <laughs> And it's just so funny because that's what we as perfectionists overachievers do. We like reject help. We don't even like look up to see what is around us that could actually help us get to that moment. Cause we're like, if I don't do it alone, then I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, when did we create that was the rule. And by mm. the way, and knowing that if we can all objectively agree that that rule isn't achievable, that we actually can't get there because everything that we have in this life is, is built upon the backs of others in our community, then we're just setting ourselves up to lose the game. So why don't we make rules that we can actually win off of? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Okay. So I want to talk because you have, I mean, you're the cat with nine lives. You've like, I don't want to say reinvented or recreated because you're the, you're taking your amazing self into another situation. Yeah. So can you tell us, cause now you're doing something new that, uh, that is very needed in this world. And also like, it wasn't anything you went to college for and we're trained, like follow these things. So like, what are you doing now and how, like, what, what are you having to overcome to like, kind of be it till you see it in this moment? Yeah. So a few years ago, I was presented the opportunity to have my own, uh, monetized Facebook page at the time I was making these comedic monologue videos and just having a ton of fun making them and, and they were starting to pick up some traction. So um, an acquaintance that I knew was a publisher that was working with Facebook to to get these monetized pages. So um, my my partner and I decided to take one on and be like, this will be great. I have a background. I wrote for USA Today. I've been a celebrity interviewer. I've done all of these videos. I've put together all this content. I know how to make a really great headline. He's a former billboard charting artist and musician and, and tech entrepreneur. So we can certainly make amazing content that people are going to want to watch. And we started that that Facebook watch channel and we bombed. It was bad. We couldn't we we couldn't make anything work. And it was so frustrating. I want to say for like six to nine months, we were like nose to the grindstone, just hitting our heads against the wall, not understanding why our content wasn't converting. And we were seeing all these creators around us having so much success. And it was so frustrating. And we're like, we're so smart. We're we're so dedicated. What are we doing wrong? And we hit this point of we either have to find a new way of doing this or we have to let it go and try something else. So what are we going to do? So we sat down and we must have watched hundreds, if not thousands of viral videos. And we created a spreadsheet in true perfectionist fashion <laughs> as to, uh, okay, what's, what's happening in this video at second one? What's happening at second three? 
what's the opening image? How many people are in this video? How long is this video? What's the theme of this video? Is there music? Is there captions? Is there subtitles? And as we started just putting in all this data, removing the emotion of, you know, we're not good enough or we're not doing this right, uh, and really starting to take this experimental scientific research approach of what are these videos all have in common, we started to see some themes. So we took that knowledge into our next video and that next video did 5 million views. And then the video after that did 10 million views. And it's not to say that we kept this incremental pace where everything kept outpacing each other, but, and not every video that we did from then on out was a banger, but you know, over the course of the next two years, we did over a billion organic views. I was able to organically grow my TikTok from zero to 400,000 followers in 40 days. And we realized that we had created a methodology and, and the science of how to leverage virality and, and really leverage the psychology of attention uh, to make great content that people wanted to watch and engage in. And that what allowed us to really shoot outside of our, our followership, you know, a lot of times on social media, you're reaching one to 6% of the number of people that follow you. And, and that's what, when brands are looking to, to partner with influencers, that's what they're looking at is those metrics. And we had minimal followers in comparison, like maybe 10,000 to 100,000. And we were still able to get these, you know, five, 10 million views uh, because of how we were constructing the content. And the content itself wasn't something that either one of us was really passionate about. It was a lot of very viral content. So pranks and gifting videos and DIY and five minute crafts. But as we were looking at, you know, we knew this knowledge was special. We knew that everything that we've learned and how we were able to implement it was really powerful. And where could we find a way to add the value and be of service that we wanted to be? And it became very clear with my background in brand strategy and his background in, in serving different corporations and brands that we would help other people, other entrepreneurs that were mission-driven messengers to get their messages to the target audiences that they wanted mm -hmm. to reach. And it's such a it's such a challenge right now, right? Short form video is the golden standard. Everyone is trying and racing so hard to put up content that a lot of it, there's just massive quantity, 20 million videos are going up a day and a lot of it sucks. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we create quality content that people want to watch that's intentional, that doesn't make business owners and companies and entrepreneurs feel like they're in this constant hamster wheel spinning cycle of having to make a bunch of content to just to keep up with the Joneses. And uh, that's where we put our focus. So I, it's, I think what I've learned through this process is that everything's an iteration on an iteration. And how do you take the skills that you previously have and add them to this next phase of your life. For the longest time, I really struggled with my career, my title being the thing that drove my worth. And to this day, that is still something that I have to battle consistently. But the more that I find myself being able to say, I'm able to be of service to people and I'm learning. And I don't know if this is going to be something that we're doing 10 years from now, but I know that this business and the way that we're helping people right now and all of the energy that I'm putting into this is going to grow me. It's going to grow others. And we're all going to continue to, to, to have this evolutionary journey and grow on our path. So it's been really exciting to see some of the results we've been able to get people, you know, millions of impressions across social media channels. We had a client that won a shorty impact award for some of their what? content. Yeah. For some of their content. Um, you know, we've had clients 240 X their results and, and being able to do it in a way that while it leverages the psychology of attention, it also really 
helps people stay true and authentic to their brand and yeah. not feel like they have to dance or follow trends or <sighs> constantly be researching. You know, it's a it's a new way of looking at how you make content, which is always hard for people when they're so used to just seeing these particular celebrities or gurus that they follow doing things that are working for them and not recognizing that there was a long road to get there. So trying to to ease that that journey yeah. for both the, the brand and for the user has been really, really fantastic. First of all, I think that it's incredible what you guys are able to do. I love, I want to highlight like you guys took it being personal out to like actually yeah. observe. And like I, you said, it was like a science experiment or whatever. And it's, it's true. I think, you know, no matter what you're trying to do y'all, like the more you make it personal about you, the harder it is, the more you can go. This actually is not about me at all. Yeah. You know, like, um, I remember when we, Brad made me get on YouTube, I, I think we're at eight years now. And I like, I don't think we went through a filming where I didn't cry. Like, I don't think there was a single filming where at the, some point I didn't cry, mm. put some cold water on my face and try again. And it wasn't until I realized that those videos were not about me. They were absolutely about the people watching them yes. that we actually started getting traction. They've been, you know, and, and the channel's done really well for the niche that it is. It's kind of crazy. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, but I love that you guys you're like, okay, it's not, we're going to stop thinking about us. We're actually just going to like, look at what is working and like, see how we can recreate it. And then instead of recreating it, so that it could just be about you guys winning, you guys were like, how can I, how can we actually make this help people who actually want to change the world in different ways? Mm -hmm. And I so resonate with like, what am I calling myself? What is my title? And also like, have wanting to have that certainty. I think everyone listening, like, of course, want to have certainty that like, this is going to be the thing that I do for the rest of my life. And I think the reality is, is that as long as you're a curious person, that thing is going to change all the time. And oh, I don't yeah. know, gone are the days that like, you know, my grandfather, af like after the base, like professional baseball and military, he was working for Coca-Cola for the whole, his whole life. Yep. For some people that is an option out there, but for a lot of us, especially creatives, and if you're listening to this, hello, you are one, <laughs> that is really not the, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild to think about that. I'm working in an industry that literally did not exist when I was going to college, mm -hmm. right? Like TikTok was not a thing. We're now on TikTok's advisory board. Uh, we have a great partnership with them. These, these weren't even platforms. Instagram was just barely coming out of the, the womb at this time. So you know, I think the more that we can stay open to the fact that there were so many technological advances and things that are happening again, outside of our control that yeah. are adding to this human experience that we don't even know really in five to 10 years, what problems people are going to be having that we can solve that the knowledge that we're gathering right now can help people solve. Uh, so yes, I think it's so important to, to be able to stay open to that, to not hold the content so precious and so near and dear to us which is such a hard thing to do as a perfectionist, as somebody that is afraid of, I mean, when I used to make these comedic monologue videos, they would take days because even though I was making a three minute video, I would spend so much time looking at the words that I was writing on the page to see what issue someone might take with something that I was saying, like what was gonna be the oh. attack on me? What was, <laughs> was I prepared to, to defend this line? 
that was supposed to just be some sort of comedic monologue, funny skit thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure, even with all of that three days spent, yeah. you still had someone who was pissed about the word that you said. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you have people that wouldn't even watch the video, right? I did a video on like why having a girlfriend's like having a cat, right? And like we we do our own thing. Don't tell us to wash our hair, you know, just like silly things like that. And of course, people think, oh, you're anti-feminist. So I do one on like why having a boyfriend's like having a dog, and then of course it's like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, you can't yeah. win. And that's, you, that's the truth. <laughs> you're Well, it, I mean, like, I, I, you're not, not, not everyone's gonna like you. And by the yeah. way, you don't like everybody. Like Correct. you don't. <laughs> so, yeah. so I hold yourself to a standard you won't hold anyone else to. Anyways, oh my gosh, we could keep going. Obviously, you're going to come back. We're yeah. going to have you in person. Maybe we'll have you like come do some recaps if Brad's ever let's traveling or something. Yeah, let's do it. I okay. It. Um, We're going to take a quick break before we let you go. Obviously, we have to find out where people can find you, follow you, work with you and uh, your beat action items. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the past three years, we've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed with water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel totally energized and it makes me feel like I'm doing something healthy for myself. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. Yeah, and you're probably wondering like, how can you actually do it? No exceptions. I know you guys travel all the time. You've got a lot going on. You're running three businesses. Here's the deal. It's because it's that simple. So when we're at home, after I walk by own, and sometimes August, because sometimes he comes, I open up the fridge. I pull out the dog sweat food and the AG1. I pour my AG1. And if Brad's up, I'll pour his too. And then I give the dogs their food. And we have this morning breakfast with all of our nourishing vitamins and minerals that we need to kickstart our day together as a family. But when we're traveling, what I love so much is these travel packs. And they make it so easy to make sure that, especially on the road, when it's the hardest to get nutrition needs met, like it is impossible. I'm constantly like, is there a salad? Is there a bowl? Like, can I add more veggies to this Thai food? But I know because I'm AJ1 in the morning, I am set to go. And it really does make us feel like we're doing things that are healthy for ourselves even when we hit the road. So you cannot make a mistake with AG1. It makes it really easy no matter how busy your life is, or maybe your life is simple and you're gonna add something extra simple to it. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you wanna take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Hillary, where do you like to hang out? Obviously, TikTok is where you go, but where can people connect with you if they're like, oh my gosh, this is the girl who can help me do the thing that I want to do? If you're interested in learning more about how you can leverage the psychology of attention for your short form videos, that's Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, TikTok, or beyond, or even just finding a better way of getting your message out there, uh, you can find us at attentioneers.com. That's attention, E-E-R-S.com. Uh, you can book a free call with myself or my co-founder, and we'd be happy to see how we can help you move forward in all of your dreams and aspirations of being a mission-driven messenger that grows your reach. I love it. Okay. Before I let you go, you've given us so many great tips, but for the people who skipped at the end, TLDR, bold, <laughs> executable, intrinsic targeted steps they can take to be at Telecia. So I have found 
obviously travel to to get uncomfortable and find a way to make that comfortable was a mechanism that I used a lot in my 20s. As I've been in my 30s now, it's much harder to be able just to pick up and go and, and find that time. And so I've had to learn to utilize different tools in order to find the expansion and the growth that I've wanted to do and to feel more deserving in my day-to-day -day life and to, to really hone in on that confidence. I follow a woman named Lacey Phillips. She's fantastic. She runs To Be Magnetic. And there's three components that she talks about when it comes to manifesting the life that you want. And it all comes down to creating and really feeling deserving. The universe wants to give you what, what you want to have, but you have to actually feel deserving and worthy of receiving it. So in order to get to the levels of that you want to be at, you need to be expanding. So a lot of the times we don't see to believe that something that we want is actually possible. So I might say that I want a million dollar year, but if I don't know anybody or any other entrepreneur that's come from my situation with my background, that's made a million dollars in a year, even though that's something that I want, like intrinsically, I don't unconsciously believe that that can happen for me. So going out and really finding and putting it out to the universe that whatever it is that you're trying to call in, that you want examples you want to be able to see to believe that those things are possible so we want to find expanders we've got to unblock what's standing in our way because a lot of the times it's our own limiting beliefs and again we can want to be calling in something like i want a million dollars a year but if i have this belief that that's going to take me running myself into the ground in order to make that happen or i have to completely forego every other aspect of my life in order to have that type of success I'm going to hold myself back. So really understanding what it is that's standing in my way and what fears that I have to help keep me safe and secure in my little bubble. What is it that I need to unblock that I need to go in and reprogram for myself? And the last piece is taking aligned action. What is it that I actually should be doing that's me standing in my worth to say, yes, this is what I believe. This is how much I believe I belong here. And I'm going to make decisions, not about wanting validation from somebody else or that commenter or uh, you know, what I'm afraid someone's going to say about me, but knowing that my voice matters and taking the actions that align with that. But we need all three components in order to expand, unblock, and take the aligned action to manifest and call in what we want. And that will help us to be the worthy person that the universe wants us to be. Mm. Ooh, I have chills. I've like, I, I love that you brought this up because I've been on a like manifestation kick for my own self mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, I think I haven't been very specific <laughs> and yeah. like, I've been, I've been very, I've been, I've thought I was clear, but I'm like, you know, I probably could have been more specific, like the color of the car, like the things, you know, like mm. all the things, you know, so thank you for bringing this up. I'm going to use these y'all. How are you going to use these tips in your life? Let us know. Tag Hillary, tag the Be It Pod. Hillary, thank you so much. I am so freaking grateful that everyone is conspiring to make sure that we connect and we yes. are friends. And um, now that I am in Vegas for quite some time, we are absolutely going to hang out. We're Let's gonna let the it. wind blow us to a destination. <laughs> Our little Mary Poppins umbrellas ready to go. I know. You guys have no idea how windy Vegas is. People think it's just hot and desert, and you, the gusts can be like seventy miles an hour. So at any rate. <laughs> If you did put an umbrella out there, you might not know where you're going to land, but Hillary, I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you all for listening. This is so fun. Um, please share this with a friend, share this episode on whatever social media platform you love. Don't be perfect about it. Like however, you know how to share it is the best way to do it. We love that. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. 
One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Blue Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your hosts, Leslie Logan and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the epic team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Jean-Franklin Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Samena Velasquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website. And finally to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beapod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y, to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.